Here's the question that everyone wants to know. Can you do it? Let's find out. So, one of the things I've been doing in my solo episodes is being uh, going over mindset and uh, we've discussed and touched on investing. Uh, and particularly, we've been dragged into property investing, which is a great place because it's, it's a natural place for people to start their investment uh, career. It's something that is tangible. Some of the other uh, investment avenues can be a little more difficult to get a handle on. So property investment is is a, an ideal place to start. So with that in mind, with mindset and property in mind, I've compiled the top questions I have been asked from you guys to go over how the connection between mindset and investment works. So let's dive into some of these questions and see what you guys want answered. Question one. What are the key mindset shifts needed for someone to become a successful property investor? That's a really, really good question. And I would say that the very, very first thing that you should shift is, is that this thing doesn't happen overnight. So there's investment strategies where you can get a, a quick result or a quick return. In property, it's a slow return. So it's the delayed gratification and one of the one of the most important shifts that you can make is you can shift from looking at the short term picture, which isn't sometimes not obvious. Sometimes, it, it, if you looked at it based on what it will do over the short term, it won't make sense. But when you filter that in with the long term picture, that's where you see the value. And one of the things that would say about being a successful property investor is understanding that that time uh, time horizon is a little longer than what most people expect. So I would say that's the very, very first thing that you should consider. Now, if you have any problems with setting your goals or shifting your mindset, then visit my website. You can see exactly my framework and how to do this. And if you need help with fine-tuning that goal and understanding that timeline, that'll do everything for you. It'll give you all the questions that you need to get all the right answers to make sure that you can uh, get your time horizon lined up with your goals. Number two, how do you navigate the fear of investing in property, especially for beginners? What we'd say with, about that is, is that when you get into anything that's new, it, there's, there's a certain degree of uh, uncertainty. So fear is basically uncertainty, that you're uncertain of the outcome. It's unfamiliar territory. It's like going somewhere new, you're not really sure of the surroundings, you're not really sure of the outcomes, and the more time you spend there, it becomes familiar. Well, investing is no different. So when you want to go and invest, you need to become part of that environment. And the only way to become part of that environment is to spend time there doing the, uh, putting in the repetitions. So one of the things I would suggest for beginners is to start to familiarise yourself with how this thing works. Now, the great thing about doing that, especially in property, is is that if you you can take the results that have been measured in the past and you can monitor and backtest them. So, like, a great way of doing it would be, uh, like, say you're a new investor, you want to figure out, like, is now the right time uh you want to try and understand, there's lots of things that you're trying to understand and you're not familiar with them. Well, 
the best thing to do there is to go back 10 years or 20 years, go back a significant time period, a time block where you can imagine what you can see what the conditions were then. And you can then put yourself in the mind frame of, well, if I was starting then, this is what was going on then. And then play out that timeline to see what happened if you'd invested in properties then. So say, for instance, you get uh, the top five properties that you like the look of that are for sale. You will be able to find out when these properties were sold last or a property in the street that was similar to it. And you can find out what the sales price was for these properties in that uh, shortlist 10 years ago. And then you can see how that's changed. And just like you could watch a child growing up, you can watch how a property journey has unfolded for that particular property in terms of price, how it's been upgraded, how the streets changed, how the dynamics of the markets changed. And you can then have that as your project to figure out and familiarise yourself with that market. And what that'll do is it'll give you it'll give you some experience in how to monitor uh, a, a property cycle. And what you'll do then is you'll look for things like uh, the property value went up. What was the contributing factors to that? Maybe the property market was flat. So what had cooled off the investment um, drive then? Maybe the property prices had went down. So was a significant change in the area? Had buyer demand cooled off? What, what was causing it? And you can look for things like uh, local news, local information, central bank interest rates. You can look for uh, mortgage criteria. You can look at any announcements from, uh, you know, government level for big projects or maybe they were closing down a factory for a reduction in price. Maybe there was big infrastructure work that increased the price, new hospitals and schools and so on. There's these sorts of things that can create a demand or reduce a demand for properties in a particular area. And by doing that, you don't actually need to buy any properties to then start to get familiar with that environment. So that's what I would suggest you do if you're a beginner and you want to get started in property and you want to get over the fear of what you should do. So give that a go. Pick five properties, use them as your test case, watch them like you're watching your kids and just see how it develops over a 10 or a 20 year period. Things to measure is uh, how much they would have rented for, how much the, the, the value has changed, um, what the area has been like, what's been going on uh, in the street, in the city, in the town, whatever that may be. And just see how that flow plays out. And that will give you a really good starter for building your familiarity in uh, property investing. Number three. Can you share some strategies for maintaining a positive mindset during market downturns or challenging times in the property market? Well, I could write a book on them because unlike a lot of investors, uh, there is a lot of investors that, that seem to churn through the property industry and what they do is they show up, you know, the, the latest, greatest, uh, you know, at whatever the new strategy is, the new uh, plan on the block and they haven't actually been through a market downturn. And given that I've invested through three uh, market corrections, I know what it's like to be in a downturn. I know the difficulties that come with that. And I know that the, the, there's a huge, when a downturn happens, it happens very, very quickly. So conditions change rapidly, almost to the point it's difficult to keep pace with how fast they've changed. Uh, and what I would say the, to anyone that's wanting to keep a positive mindset 
uh, is that everyone is usually exiting, everybody's been spooked, so they're, they're running away. And there's an old expression that I was taught years and years ago, and it was about, it was a, a great uh, salesman who'd said about how difficult it would be selling in a market downturn and nobody's buying anything, nobody's doing anything. And the guy simply said, someone out there is doing business. You know, it hasn't came to halt. Someone out there is doing business, so figure out what they're doing. And what that means is is that when when demand changes, what it means is the conditions have changed and it means that the dynamics have changed. That doesn't mean that nothing can't be done. What you need to do is adjust and adapt to those conditions and then figure out what the plan is then. So that would be the strategy that I would I would suggest uh, to maintain a positive mindset is look for the things that work in the downturn. Now, I cover this off in my property course where I explain the property cycle and what you should do at each part of that cycle because the strategy, many people go into the property market thinking it's just one strategy and that works, but there's really four parts of the property cycle and there's strategies that you should apply at different points in time and not all those strategies work at all of those points. So you need to know which one's which so that you can have a sort of what to do in the event of the property moving to this next section, the property cycle moving to this next section. So if you're interested in finding out more, uh, head over to my website and you can find out uh, a little bit more about how to become a property pro. Number four, what are some of the most the most common misconceptions about property investing and how can they be overcome? Well, you're in luck for this question because I've done an entire episode, Thank you episode Eight, I did the top three misconceptions about property investing. Um, the main one that I, the one that I hit my, that comes up most often, and I will tell people till I am blue in the face. And I understand now when I have maybe watched shows or heard podcasts, and the 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 host is going over a question that you've heard many many times, and I now understand why they keep repeating it. Is is that it's the one that people keep asking about. And the, the number one thing, misconception about property, property market is, is that you need money to start. When I started out, I had nothing but a dream. I literally didn't have enough capital to buy, you know, a, a buy-to-let property. So when people say, well, I, I, I wanted to get in, involved in property, but, I, you know, I didn't because I didn't have the money, it drives me bonkers because there is literally history is littered with rags to riches tales of people that have been hugely successful starting with nothing so the the most and biggest and most frequent misconception is that you need money to begin it's just not the case and again i cover this off in my property course how to do it how to begin and to summarize what that is is that it's not capital business that we're in, as in you're not measured by how important you are, by how much capital you have. You're measured by how important you are based on the knowledge and skill set you have. So able to identify opportunities, able to execute on that opportunity, being able to problem solve uh, or put together particular strategies that involve um building a team to, to carry out that action 
So it could be, for instance, uh, you want to run a service department business where you'll need cleaning teams and you'll need a property manager and you'll need customer services and you'll need a marketing team and you'll need um, you know, a maintenance team and you'll need someone to oversee all of that. So there's, there's team players that are involved in it. If you want to purchase properties that are run down and you want to add value to them, you'll need a building team. You'll need a team of, uh, who will you need in your team? Will you need a solicitor? You'll need a mortgage broker if you're obtaining finance. You'll need a builder if you're doing any construction work. If you are moving into areas where you're doing service departments or holiday lets or um, you know high-end corporate lets, you'll need a furnishing team that's that's matching the, the style of furniture to the style of the refurbishment so that the place fits well. You'll also consider having someone that if you... You either have it or you bring someone in that can understand the dynamics of the market, that can point you to in the right direction to maximise your returns in, in whatever sector that you're dealing with. So it's about the skill set that you have and the vision that you have and your ability to spot opportunities that are more important than capital. Because if, let me give you an example, if you had lots and lots of capital and no skill, then you're just someone with money. But if you have no capital and you have knowledge and wisdom and you've spotted opportunity and you can put teams together and you can execute in a plan, then capital will come and find you. Capital will seek you out because you're able to perform the tasks to get the result that capital wants. So you don't need money. That's a big misconception. Number five, how important is it to have a clear investment strategy before diving into the property market? Right, what we'd say with this question is is that it's it's one that will trip you up is because what it's asking is to have a clear investment strategy before starting. What I would say to that is you need clear knowledge on how the cycle works because having the strategy, um, as I mentioned, the property cycle has got four, four main parts and it, that strategy in part one might not work in part two. So you need to know all the parts of the cycle and you need to be able to understand which part of the cycle that we're in so that you can employ the right strategy. Without that, you can be going into the you can have the strategy that's not right for the time that the property cycle's in. So I would say that the first thing that you should do is develop your knowledge uh, before you dive in rather than being hung up on, is it you know the BRRR model, is it the rent-to-rent model, is it the buy-to-let model, is it the service department model, is it the buy-to-flip model, is it you know the residential-to-commercial model, is it land development model. There's, there's, there's no end of models that are out there, but applying them at the right time and knowing what's likely to come up ahead is where the real value is and how that will separate the average investor from the superstar investor because getting that timing right and knowing what to do at the right time will set you apart from everyone else. So number six, what role does risk management play in the property in property investing? And how can investors mitigate risk effectively? So this is a continuation and the best way to manage risk in property investing is knowledge. Uh, the biggest thing, the biggest risk that you have is is that you're performing the wrong strategy at, at, at the wrong time. So you're trying to execute a strategy that's completely contrary to what the market's doing. So an example with that would be buy-to-flip model is that you buy a property and you spend some money on it 
and refurbish it to a certain standard to add value. But with that model, what you rely on is you rely on a sale at a higher price. Now, if you have a market downturn, which means prices are falling, you've got you've got um, a strategy that's diametrically opposed to what the market's doing. So you're wanting property prices to go up because you've bought it and want to add value to sell it at a higher price. But the, the bigger market's on a downturn. So you're pushing against the market that's much bigger than your property. So that's an example of why you need to understand why where the property cycle is and what strategies you should apply then. Uh, and again, that's part of managing risk because the biggest risk is that market snaps, changes, and you're caught with uh, your pants down in the wrong the wrong strategy. So being able to see that and, and forecast it is, uh, is the key point to managing risk. Number seven, can you discuss the relationship between mindset and financial success in property investing? Well, I would say that this is a pretty, this question is true of life. So mindset is everything. I uh, remember a famous story about um, two of the top UK shoe salesmen. It's an old cautionary tale and it, it tells you the difference between mindset. And this is how the story goes. The story is that the two top salesmen were recruited by a shoe company to develop their business in Africa. And they sent the, sh the shoe salesmen away for two, eight, four weeks. So they'd been sent away for four weeks and the first salesman, the first of the two top salesmen, he came back and he says, look, this is a waste of time. Nobody wears shoes over here. They haven't worn shoes for for millennia. They don't want shoes. So we just need to wrap up shop. So that was the perspective and the mindset of the, the first salesman. The second salesman had, uh, had reported back. He says, you need to send me more shoes. Do you know that they haven't worn shoes for millennia? I've shown them what shoes do and they absolutely love them. You're going to need to send me more shoes. Now, that was two people's perspective on the same place and the same the same market. And what happened was is that how they approached it and how they interacted with the people that were involved in that changed that dynamic. Now, that's a simplified version of it, but it's true of the bigger framework that you're trying to employ because that framework is... Will my mind crack when the going gets tough? Because it will get tough. Will I, do I have the backbone for it? Can I hang tight? Will I cop out? Will I quit? Will I give in to weakness? Um, what if I've had enough? It's just as easy to throw the towel in. Why bother? All these things will come. And the difference between um, the people that are very successful because people can have success uh, short term, but what you're looking for is who's the people that last? Because a lot of people can have a, a, a superstar result and then fall because they either give in or they don't have the backbone or they don't, uh, you know, stay the course or they don't stick it out. Um, you know, they don't keep the commitment to what they planned at the start. And that then causes them to crack. I mean, they crack, everything crumbles. And this is the thing that you need to have a rock-solid mindset. Your mindset needs to be completely dialed in because it's the thing that you will rely on when things go against you. Because they will, and that's okay. And when, it, when, when, when you expect that things will get tough, 
and it gets uh, a little bit turbulent. You've anticipated it. You've developed the perspective that it will happen. And then when it happens, you will see it through. And that will separate, that makes the real players that do extremely well and everyone else that has a fall, a, a rise and then a fall. And what you'll see is, you'll see the ones that last and you'll see the ones that crumble by the wayside. And that's how to make sure that you can become successful in this investment uh, journey that you want to take is that dial in your mindset and the results will take care of themselves. So number eight, what should some investors look for in terms of signals or indicators when considering an investment opportunity? Um, I go with not let the numbers do the talking. Don't fall in love with it. Don't get your um, let your emotions dictate it. Don't use your intuition. Don't use your gut instinct. Purely do it in numbers because the, your your emotional bias can get in the way. So don't let that happen. Uh, I explain in uh, the property course. Let the numbers do the talking and let it confirm your intuition. Let it confirm your instincts. Right, and if the numbers don't confirm your instincts and they don't confirm your intuition, cut it out. Let those things be in harmony. Do not go into it with the idea that listen to your gut and just ignore the numbers. That's a f- <laughs> that's a quick way to lose lose uh, money. So go with confirming. If your intuition is strong, confirm the numbers. Confirm it with the numbers. Should I say? Number nine. How do you stay informed about property market trends and the changes in the property industry? Well, I'll need to summarise them because the list is too long. You've got macroeconomic factors, which is the big picture. You've got small micro factors, which is the specifics about areas or locations uh, and everything in between the big picture and the small picture. You have central bank interest rates. You have what's going on in the bigger market in terms of stock market, the financial market, the banking industry, these are all things that have an impact on the sector. So I keep abreast with how that big machine moves and I can work out what's likely to come next based on what is going on outside. That took years of fine-tuning and I was fortunate enough to be trained with some of the best in the business that took me under the wing. Um, The guys uh, that were former um, Goldman Sachs investment bankers and traders They'd shown me how the economic machine works, showed me how the, the, to interpret the data, and they were a, a cornerstone of my uh, ability to understand that. So it, if you can't work this out for yourself, uh, I'll show you how to do the basics in the property course, and uh, I'll be running the property community where I'll be doing weekly updates where I inform you of what's going on in the property market as a sort of quick heads up, here's what's going on, and, and just confirming uh, as if they're still moving or as a change likely to happen. So if you like the idea of that, pop over to my website. You'll see it in the show notes. You can check it out. Uh, number 10, can you share some tips for maintaining a healthy work-life balance while actively investing in property? Right, here's the thing. There is no work-life balance. Right, What you're looking to do is you need to decide if you what you're doing because it's asymmetric. That means that it's a lot of work at the very beginning that will not look like a work-life balance and then you will get an asymmetric payoff when the results come in because you'll have a lot more opportunity to have free time because you have 
got the great results. So it's not the straightforward, well, you know, I work nine till five and then, you know, it's family time or it's time for the, you know, whatever it is uh, that you that you would consider the counterbalance to your work life. You need to accept that you're going to have a lot of hard work at the beginning uh, as you get up to speed and as you develop the knowledge, you develop the skill set and that the, as you're learning, that will take a lot of time. And what I would recommend during that period is to get really structured in terms of your day. So if you're working actively during the day uh, and it's taking a lot of time, then capture the dark hours. So get up early to do your training, uh, stay up late to do your learning, and then if you need to fit in some uh, you know, time for your significant other or family, then structure that time in so that you know that you can give it 100% uh, when that time's there, but also that you can focus 100% on this hard work part and that you're doing it for the opportunity to be able to have a better work-life balance uh, with much more freedom and much more ability to decide how you want to live your life. Um, so I hope you enjoyed these questions and answers that covered off the relationship between mindset and investing. Um, pop over to uh, my mindset coaching community where if you want to have all the inside track on how to develop a super strong mindset that can set you up for whatever you want to do in life, whether that's, you know, breaking a PR or you want to get a better result in any part of your life, it doesn't need to be investing, but if you want to be a, a super shrewd investor and you want to get your mindset dialed in, then come and join the community. Stay abreast for the property training course that's getting launched I can't wait to see you guys in there that want to level up your knowledge, whether you're a seasoned investor or you're just starting out. It covers off all the bases in there. I'm also going to be launching a property community where it's the place that you can go to if you want the up-to-date information. It's exclusive, behind the scenes, and if you want my insights and knowledge, I'll be giving you the forecasting. I'll be telling you what's going on, what to look for, what investments are hot, what you should steer clear of, what ones are in danger, and just general discussions about the property cycle. So hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, we're on all the social media channels. You can follow me at Conversations with an Investor. Uh, the links will be in the show notes for the uh, communities and uh, the uh, property uh, coaching course. So come and visit the sites if you're interested. I'd love to hear any comments and suggestions. Uh, put them in the social media channels or do it directly uh, via email on my website. From all this, from me this week, that's a wrap.